So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all want to create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we want to do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for listening and being in my world. Uh, so it's like the second week of February, and what I was thinking about today was so many people, you know a few, I know a few, they, they set out with great intention for a new year. They set out with great intention for how they want their business and life to be. You know, it's, it's very easy when you're sitting there in December and you get inspired by something, you think, oh man, COVID is over. I want to go for something great. Or, hey, you know what? I had a really good year. I want to have it be even better in 2021. And, you know, maybe you're super anal and you really write out your plans. You go OKRs, EOS, four disciplines of execution, a Tom Ferry business plan. Or maybe you just, I don't know, write a couple things on your bathroom mirror and just say, this is what I'm committed to. Either way, here's what I know. Most people, a couple weeks into January, start to tail off, right? Some don't even start. But people like you and I, like we go for it, we do the work. And then, you know, we get busy and things get super active. And if you really pay attention to the real estate market right now, things are bananas. And what happens is people stop doing the things that they said they were going to do. They, they get a little out of their routine. They started out strong and it was really working well and it was producing results. And then they pull back a little bit. And the challenge is, it's like the great old book, The Slight Edge. We think it doesn't matter. Right? We think it doesn't matter when we miss a day of exercise, when we don't make our calls, when we say to a client, we're gonna follow up and we don't follow up. But what I really want you to get is it does matter. It does matter. It's, it's the compound effect. The more I do the thing, the more I have the power. The more I make the phone calls, the more pipeline uh, robust becomes, like <laughs> more pipeline robust becomes, whatever that means. But I think you know what I mean, right? Like the more opportunity we have, the, the greater opportunity we have because we keep doing the work, right? It's, it's the old example I used to give to people all the time. Are you building your business like one of the three little pigs? Are you building it out of hay where like, anything that just, you know, the, the wind adjusts, interest rates, you know, climb a tad and poof, your business is blown over. Are you building it out of sticks, right? Where it's a little more sturdy, but again, things could happen. A, a solid rain or snow could destroy your business. Or are you building it out of bricks? If you're building it out of bricks, you know the story, right? And this is, this is from all of our childhoods. We all heard this example. If you build it out of bricks, then you are long lasting and you survive the test of time. You survive the storms, the arbitrage companies, the disruptors and everything else coming your way. So I guess I just want to encourage you today as we're, we're just having this conversation that it's not too late right? It's not too late to get back on it. It's not too late to dig deep. It's not too late to go after it even more. And, and I thought what I would do today is I would just share with you some of the things that I've recently shared with all of our top clients um, at our uh, annual January elite event, this time done again virtually. Um, I shared with them uh, not only sort of what I believe the focus should be for all of us going forward in 2021, hoping that it reignites the flame for some and reaffirms in others what we all know we need to do to really optimize 2021, this moment in time that we're in. So I'll share with you what we talked about there. I said to them, 
The focus for 2021 is the word scale. Now you've heard me talk about before resiliency is very much my theme, but that's like the overarching sort of emotional reminder that, you know, resiliency by our definition is we get punched in the face, we get punched in the gut, and we actually turn that into a competitive advantage, right? Like we actually take that that blow and we say, okay, this is going to make me get better. I'm going to do it faster. How do I serve my customers even more? So that resiliency is there. Then when we start talking about your business, I'm like, look, the focus for all of us is how do we scale? Right? So I say you want to scale the brilliant basics, which we're going to talk about today. You want to scale your brand. Like you want to become so good and so recognizable that even the ones that don't like you are like, there she is. Like, I want that for you. And then I want you to scale your trust because what we know is in the absence of trust, no business is done. And when you can develop this sense of trust in your marketplace, whether it's through your content marketing, uh, your track record of success, uh, the, the limited interactions we might have face-to-face -face with people or via Zoom or whatever methodologies you're using to get the word out. When you have that trust, you get I trust you calls. Like we used to call those come list me calls, but what are they really? They're I trust you. I trust you. Please come over. Help me do this. I want to sell my house. I want to get a mortgage. I want it. Whatever it is, they trust you. Then I say we want to scale the number of appointments we have because this is going to be a wild ride year. And I'm telling people, whatever number of appointments you went on in 2020, I want you to two exit in 2021. And, and after everybody goes, oh my goodness, are you nuts? I was so busy last year. I remind you that the fifth thing on my list is you need to scale yourself. You need to scale yourself. You need to level yourself up and do more of the highest and best use of your time and not get stuck in the mundane or the minutia. We need to outsource it or insource it, but we've got to start delegating the things that aren't high dollar productive, high client interfacing activities. That's how we can scale the number of appointments. Um, I just did a podcast. You listened to it last week where I had those five amazing agents, those five gals, and and you know you you heard their numbers. Whether it was going on 125 listing appointments or 75 listing appointments or 90 listing appointments, every one of them has figured out that if they focus on getting more appointments, if they focus on getting more listings, that's what solves the problem in their market. The inventory shortage gets solved by scaling the number of appointments. So that's the third one. The fifth one I told you, scale yourself. The, the fourth one is going backwards. I want you to scale your profits and scale your savings. So if you just stopped right there and I just said, I want you to scale, right? I want you to scale. What are you going to do to increase all the things I just discussed? The brilliant basics, your brand, your trust, the number of appointments, your profits, your savings, and ultimately yourself. You're probably asking yourself the same question that I would ask you if we were a one-on-one. -on -one, and that is, what are the constraints of your growth? So, you know, if you're like an avid Tom Ferry podcast listener, first of all, thank you again. And I hope that sometime in the future you write a review or you give us a star or any, any one of those things just to, to keep more good people like you listening to this. But I just, I just want to remind you, like the whole game is how do I remove the constraints of growth so I can do more? Right. So, so if you just stopped right now in the middle of this podcast and you just wrote down, like, what are all the things that are holding me back from taking more action? What are all the things that stop me from making my calls? What are all the things that stop me from going on two to three appointments a day? It might be personal constraints. It might be business constraints. It could be resources. 
I just challenge you to take the time to write it out. Um, with Without a shadow of a doubt, you're going to hear me say it, and I, I won't go into it as, as much here, but you've heard me in other, uh, you know, other podcasts or other YouTube videos where I say, look, if you don't have an assistant, you are one. If you don't have an assistant, you are an assistant. And listen, assistants are necessary. I love my assistant, Ruby. I just don't want to do any of the things that she does. She's really exceptional at doing all of that stuff, and I'm horrible at it. I actually used to track how much time it would take me to do the paperwork of any deal that I was working on, or just you just go down the list of all the minutiae, the things that get in our own way, right down to like picking up the dry cleaning or making sure that my house is clean. They simply aren't the highest, best uses of my time. And before you say, well, Ferry, that's not fair. You know, you're successful. But look, I was doing this stuff when I was young. I figured out early, I would rather make a few less shekels and employ somebody else, even a couple hours a week to do the things that they were simply better at because they would do it faster, more efficiently, and it would free me up to go do the things I had to do. When I was a young sales guy for my pops a million years ago, I figured out very quickly, long before people were talking about ISAs and OSAs and SDRs that like, you know, many of the big tech companies in my company we have today, I basically just grabbed a friend of mine who happens to be the chief, chief revenue officer of my company today. We've been friends for, you know, going on 27, 28 years. I'm like, hey, Steve, come in this weekend. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to bang the phones and call every one of these people. And if you get anybody on the line, just say, hold on, Tom Ferry wants to talk to you. And he'd transfer them over to me. And guess what? He's making phone calls. I'm making phone calls. But all I was doing was presenting. I knew the highest and best use of my time was presenting to someone, helping them identify the problems they had in their business and how we could solve them together. And maybe just maybe that meant doing business together now or in the future. And every time I made a sale, Steve got a few shekels. And you know what? I was totally good with that because on the weekends, and Steve, I hope you're listening to this. You remember how, how much fun we had together in the office, like just, just crushing all day Saturday because we would make 10, 15, 20 sales in a day because I was able to talk to way more people because somebody was in front of me calling just as fast as I was. So we were, you know, doubling our rate of success. Constraints of growth. What's getting in your way? I learned early on, remove the constraints of growth, scale myself, touch more people, impact more people, and solve more problems. That's what it's all about. So with that said, I want to go into a bunch of questions with you today. And if you remember the very beginning, as I started this, I said to you, the vast majority of people begin to quit on themselves or they stop doing the work. They stop doing the, the things that are going to ultimately give them the success they want. And they say things like it doesn't matter, but we both know it does matter. So I've got a quote in front of me by my mentor, Jay Abraham. Uh, Jay has been a friend for a long time. Uh, I hired him as a personal coach for uh, a long period of time at an exorbitant amount of money, um, worth every dime. He would always talk to me about Socrates. And, and I am certainly you know no expert in Socrates and all the history around that. But the story that always resonated for me was as Socrates was being essentially sentenced to death, right, in the courts, um, he, he whispered under his breath because, of course, he was in trouble for teaching philosophy and sharing and getting people to think differently. And, you know, like that was his whole thing, right? So as he's doing this and they're, they're sentencing to his death, he says, an unexamined life is a life not worth living. And I probably butchered that quote, but you get the essence. Like here he is being sentenced to death 
And he's saying to himself, an unexamined life is not a life worth living. Well, Jay, my mentor would say to me, like Socrates, Tom, consider that a business that isn't rigorously examined and re-examined is not a business you want to own because that, that's a business that's going to die. So I thought for fun today on this podcast, we would examine your business and we would do it through the form of me asking you questions. And my hope is whether you're on the train or in the shower or wherever you're listening to this, that you actually take the time to answer the questions because we all know that business is economic Darwinism. And, and you know, if here I am going Plato, or, or not Plato, but Socrates and now Darwinism. But think about it, like, like in business, no one cares if you don't change. Solutions will be presented to consumers that want to act. If you don't pivot, if you don't adjust, no one cares. And, and again, someone will show up and provide the solution that customers want. All business is innovation and marketing. That's the way it works. So I always had this note in front of me, business is economic Darwinism. Those of us that adapt and change are the ones that survive and thrive regardless of market conditions. So let's examine where you've been able to adapt and change and where you might need to adapt and change. Even as we're sitting here in the middle of February, 2021, knowing we've got a ton of time in front of us to really make the most of this year. So I actually wrote out 14 questions and some of these will be super basic. Some will certainly be a little more emotional. Some will probably cause you to get a little upset. Make no bones. I'm not, I'm not trying to have you be upset. I am trying to have you examine what was working and not working and what are you going to do about it going forward? So the first question is just simple. How did you finish 2020 compared to your plan? How did you finish? I was uh, uh, one of my blogs that was just out a couple of weeks ago. Karen Peters was up like 90% year over year. And, and we were able to break down all the reasons why this brilliant gal from, you know, uh, from Wayne, New Jersey, her and her small little Navy SEAL team were able to completely dominate in an environment where COVID, social unrest, every possible thing that could have stopped the average human being could have stopped them, but they chose to be resilient. They chose to take that punch and turn it into a competitive advantage. They pivoted aggressively towards Zoom, Zoom listing appointments, Zoom buyer consultations, and so much more. How did you do to plan? How did you do compared to your plan? Question number two, this one should make you feel good. What are you most proud of? Like when you look back at 2020, what are you most proud of? And it's so important for us um, on my wall yesterday. One of the notes I had as I was talking to all my CEO clients was, you know, you don't celebrate enough. And it was just the reminder for them that, you know, they're, they're hard charging these guys and gals and they're, they're battling and they're scaling up their leaders and they're driving their sales businesses and they're moving things forward. And I like, Hey, what are you proud of? Like you just had your best year ever in 2020. What are you proud of? And getting them to list out all the accomplishments, I would encourage you to do the same. And, and listen, stack the cool in your favor. We're talking about creating that list that is the reminder of how great you are, of the, the way that you were able to make 100 calls to your database back in March or April, just to check in and say, hey, COVID's happening, it's real, how you doing, what's going on, do you need any help? Like you should be proud of the fact that you were doing that or proud of the fact that so many of my clients were, I was hearing stories of delivering medication to customers or getting food for people that were afraid to go out. Like we did so much good last year in the face of so much adversity. What are you proud of? It's a really good question. Number three, 
What did you learn about your mindset and your mental toughness in 2020? What did you learn about your mindset? Like your mindset is how you view the world. It's not positive or negative. It's just, it's your perception of the world. Like, did you see the world as burning and on fire and the whole thing was just a political disaster and this was somebody's fault and blah, blah, blah? Or did you see this as, hey, you know what? It's the pit and the pendulum, the famous Edgar Allan Poe, you know, story about, you know, the pendulum swinging from right to left. I use it as an example all the time that things go right and then they go left and then they go right and then they go left. And sometimes we finally meet the middle, but not often anymore these days. So how did you view it? And what impact did it have on your emotional state? Were you waking up every day and saying, today's going to be the best day of my life? Or were you sleeping in and saying, oh, not another Tuesday? What was your mindset like? What was your mental toughness? Mental toughness for me, by the way, I, I always say mental toughness is the ability to do my job with inspired action regardless of what's going on around me. Think about that. Mental toughness, the ability to do my work with inspired action regardless of what's going on around me. And I'm human. I had moments last year. I, I had in June, like my kids and my wife sat me down. They're like, you're working too much, right? You know, you're, you're taking on all the problems of all your clients and all your coaches. And we need you to just sometimes just chill out a little bit. I was taking it too far. I got, you know, care fronted by my family and I didn't pull back, but I, I reorganized my schedule in a way that allowed me to do the work. And then I, I actually used an old technique from Tristan, I have not thought about this woman in like 5,000 years, like not that long, obviously, but Shatki Guan wrote this book. And if you Google Shatki Guan, I, I, I couldn't tell you the name of the book. I could see it in my mind, but she had this exercise and it's what I brought back, you know, in that month of June when I got confronted by, you know, Michael and Stephen and Kathy, like, hello, <laughs> you know, yeah. come back to civilization. You don't need to solve the world's problems. Right. And in essence, like this book, it was an exercise where she said, imagine um, you're walking into your office and, and, you know, before you go in, you and your spouse just got in a fight, right? Your dog just got injured. Your parents called and said that they're upset with you and you have to walk into your office and be brilliant and make a presentation and crush it. And she said, I'd like you to imagine this giant, almost like a bubble. Like if you were blowing up a bubble, like, you know, the kind of bubbles that float around and we pop them with our fingers. She said, imagine like this giant film in front of you. But when you walk through it, just visualize that all of the problems and all the challenges and all the issues that are going on in your world stay on the other side of the bubble. And it was the coolest visualization to imagine this. I used to do it all the time when I would drive home from work or after a long week of travel and I'd, I'd be like, oh, I'm exhausted because I've been on the road and I'm all these cities and towns and airplanes and blah, right. And then I'm, you know, I'd be tired for my kids, but no, I'd, I'd go to the front door and I'd picture that bubble there and I would have all of the energy from the road and all the things I was working on whew, stay outside and come in and be super dad kind of kind of a combination of Shotgi Guan and Todd Herman, the alter ego. Well, when this happened in June, it's exactly what I did. I'm like, okay, I'm downstairs in the basement and I'm working and I literally called it the war room. Yeah, mental toughness, right? But when I came upstairs, I had to walk through that bubble and be super dad, be a loving husband, be, you know, be someone that could just hang with my kids and, and not be in that work mode. Think about it. I learned a lot of lessons last year. How about you? 
about your mindset and your mental toughness. Hey, it's Tom Ferry. Question, what's your favorite social media platform? Are you big on Insta? Do you love to tweet? No matter where you answer, I'd love for you to connect with me there. All you gotta do is just type in at Tom Ferry and follow and let's you and I connect. I wanna be able to deliver the right content, the right ideas, the ways to help you grow your business, stay fired up, keep moving, be in action and run plays that work in the platform that matters most to you. So subscribe and I'll see you there soon. Question number four, speaking of, how did you prioritize your family last year? I just shared with you my story, like just being vulnerable. Like I was obsessed with helping everybody else, but I wasn't taking care of the people for a short period of time that matter most to me. Look at question number five. How did I prioritize self-care? How did you prioritize self-care? I'm pretty blessed because I put it out in the universe that I work out every day and I take a photo of it and I do selfies. And my guy, Nick, who, big shout out to Nick, would come to my house and we do yoga like six, seven days a week. And, and there was just something about like making sure that I was taking care of myself that made it easier to take care of everybody else. So I don't want to overstep four. How did you prioritize your family? What were the lessons from that? Did you get deeper and more connected? Did you feel disconnected at times? What were the lessons? Don't, don't feel the guilt if there's there. Just don't, don't go there. Just acknowledge and then what's the lesson? Same thing with self-care. Six, how did you show up as a leader? Specifically, the question I wrote down is what did you learn about yourself as a leader for your family, for your tribe, for your clients, for your community? What did you learn? I've uh, had this conversation with the president of our coaching division uh, at CSI, Mary Jett. Huge shout out to Mary Jett. Um, Mary, I said to her, you are a wartime general, meaning like she's at her best when there's a lot of conflict and she needs to come in, operationalize, create a solution, rally the troops, get everybody on the same page and start marching. Like she's a great wartime general. That's what she learned about herself. And I told her that I'm like, you are a great wartime general. She's like, I really am. Some people do really well when the water is perfect and everything is calm and they go out and they dominate. She does too. She just does better when things are a little nutty. How about yourself? What did you learn? Question number seven. What did you learn about yourself and your ability to pivot and adapt? Going back to that Darwinism quote, right? That those of us that adapted and pivoted we're the ones that were able to say, oh, uh, can't go on an appointment. How about I use Zoom? That's an effective strategy. Let me learn how to share a document. Let me learn how to share my screen. Let me show them the MLS. Let me show them Google Maps. Let me do effective buyer consultations. Those that pivoted, those that adapted right to the new norm, they weren't shut out by the market. Instead, they leaned in and met consumers where they were at safely and effectively, and they crushed it. Because of that, what did you learn about yourself under duress and stress? Do you pivot? Do you adapt? Do you adjust? Or are you shut down? And then question number eight, how did you adapt to speaking of the new and existing technology as we were forced into the digital transformation of our work and our home life? Like, did you lean in or did you struggle? Did you say, oh, I just, you know, I'm not comfortable. My clients don't like this. Did you make up some stories or did you say to yourself, hi, 
I'm in business and I can't go see people face to face. So how can I get face to face? Phone calls are great, but that one modality is just auditory. If I can get two modalities, visual and auditory, I'm doubling the rate of my effectiveness as a communicator. I can see their expressions. I can look into their eyes and ask questions and watch how they respond and react versus over the phone. I know some of you have that sixth sense. I certainly try and tap into mine all the time, but it is way easier when we can see them. So how did you adapt to the new technology? How did you lean in? What did you do? What did you learn? What are you proud of? And then number nine, how did you adjust to manage your time? How did you adjust to manage your time? And again, I, I mentioned it earlier, like Habu, highest and best use. Um, it has been something that is you know, Prieto's principle. I'm dropping all these old books right now. The 80-20 rule, a wonderful old book I read a million moons ago. And it's so relevant today because if you ask yourself, what is the highest and best use of my time? There's a pretty good chance it's what you're spending 10, 15, maybe 20% of your time on. 80% of your time, you're doing all the other stuff. I go back to, uh, to one of our great clients at the summit last year. He did this brilliant talk on two agents going to the business, same exact time, five years later, one's making 80 grand, one making, one's making 240 grand. What's the difference? And he said, look, the person making $80,000 a year is doing everything on their own because no one could do it better than me. And the one that's making 240, hired an assistant along the way and delegated the 70 to 80% of the stuff that isn't the highest, best use, which is ready, talking to clients, following up on leads, going on presentations, negotiating offers and creating marketing to spread the love and create the trust. Like it's really the, those five things. So what did you learn? How did you adjust your time? How did you manage the highest and best use? Or how did you manage doing everything on your own? And how'd that work out? Number 10, this is a big one and really one that, uh, matter of fact, we're going to do a, a live show and in probably in the next hour just on this, which was how did I alter my marketing in 2020? So early on, we talked a lot about tone, right? And I think that tone still continues today. Even though you look at a lot of the television ads and radio ads and internet-based ads today, it feels like people have moved beyond COVID. And, and I acknowledge that whether you're Pepsi or, you know, some other bigger brand, uh, I remind my agents and loan officers and, and, you know, those of us in this, these service industries that we still need to be mindful that there's a lot of people out there that have fear and anxiety and worry, whether it's, Hey, I'd like to sell my house, but Oh, like, how do I do it safely? I watch so many great people pivot and adjust to the right tone, right? Uh, to the right message instead of like, you know, how much is your home worth? Like, how can I help? Just that how can I help mindset and then writing that, shooting that, filming that, publishing that. What did you do? How did you adjust? I talked to one of my coaches and I'm not going to name her because she's wildly successful and I think she would be embarrassed now to, to even discuss it. But I remember being with her on a Zoom session in like June and she said, I have not sent out a direct mail piece in three months. And I was like, what? She's like, ah. I just don't know what to say. I mean, all I've been saying is home prices are going up, 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 and everything's great, great, great. And she's like, and I don't feel that. And I'm, I'm nervous about what's going on with me internally, emotionally, my age, my family, you know, COVID, are we going to live? Like what's going to happen? She said, I just couldn't wrap my head around it. 
I honored her in the moment. We discussed it. We tried a couple of approaches. We got her to get her creativity back. She started doing her. This is a woman that's doing like two direct mail pieces a month to like 2,400 houses. And it basically, it is her business. She got stuck. What happened with you and your marketing last year? What were the lessons? Don't beat yourself up. What did you learn? What worked? What did you try? What did you test? Did you go into SMS? Did you try voice blast? Did you double down on email? Did you stop doing direct mail? Did you increase direct mail? Were you doing live Facebook videos? Did you do Instagram Q and A? Did you start creating more short form content? Did you jump into TikTok? Like, what did you do in 2020 to really step up your ability to reach people? It's creating your brand. It's scaling your trust. What did you learn? All right, circling around the bend, the last few. Number 11, for my real estate professionals listening, how many listing appointments did you set last year? If I had a dollar, Tristan, for every time someone said to me, there's no inventory, I've got all these buyers, and what am I, ah, I'm like, how much time have you spent this week doing the brilliant basics, going after your past clients in sphere to find out, are they a research phase seller? Oh, I'm too busy. I'm running ragged with buyers. I'm like, you're running ragged with buyers and there's no inventory. Like, let's get focused on solving the crisis that we can control. We can't control the COVID crisis. We can control the inventory crisis in our town by reaching out, loving on our database, reaching out to our old leads and figuring out where people are at. Are they living in their dream home now? Do they know anybody that's thinking about selling? Sharing the data around, hey, right now in our town, home price appreciation in the last 18 months up 17.5%, 11%, 2%, 5%, whatever the number is, right? You got to know that stat. And then, hey, did you know that right now we are 68% less homes for sale than we've had in the last 10 years? Did you know that, my friend, someone in my sphere? Did you also know that for the average home that comes on our market, like in your community, we will have 11 different buyers. That's 11 offers on that property. It is supply and demand on steroids right now. And I'm just curious, cause I've got like five buyers that want to live in and around your neighborhood. Do you know anyone who's thinking about selling? These are the brilliant basics that are causing people to win. They acknowledge, Hey, I got to go on more listing appointments. They're tracking, they're measuring against it. So again, I'm asking you a lot and I'm throwing a lot at you. How many listings did you take? What worked? What were your best sources and how are you doubling down on them? in 2021. Remember, an unexamined life is not a life worth living and a business that isn't rigorously examined and re-examined is not a business that I want to own. It's not a business I want to invest in, right? I want you to rigorously examine what worked, what didn't, what were my best sources, what did I test, what did I try, what were the lessons, you know, am I using email marketing? Am I using SMS? Am I using DMs on Facebook and Instagram and others? Am I publishing content on LinkedIn? Am I shooting enough videos? Am I creating enough content? Am I doing everything I can or am I complaining that there's no inventory? Think about it. Number 12, how did you scale your brand? Thinking of videos, how did you scale your brand and create more trust in 2020? You know, you think about trust. Trust is created from proof, from data, from stories, from examples. Um, you know, we, we, we fall in love with people or we may, fall in love maybe strong. When I think about like, go back in time, 
whether it was a newscaster on television or a radio personality or a musician that you never really met, but you, you listened to their music and you read interviews and articles and, and it was like, whatever they said was just right as rain and gold for you. You had created that trust, right? They had created, I should say that trust. Well, I'm asking you as a rock star entrepreneur in your town to be the hub of trust for all things housing, to be the hub of trust for all things dry cleaning, if that's your business or whatever, whatever business you're in. And the only way I know today to do that at a low cost is through video. So I asked people like, how many videos did you put out last year? Tristan, how many videos do you think you put out last year on your YouTube channel? I put out 45 videos, um, one per week. I took a couple weeks off. Okay, so he put out 45 videos. So uh, Tristan Irvin, you should check out his videos, especially if you're into Super 73 or you nerd out on like, you know, tech when all, thi all things video. Like Tristan does a lot of killer videos, but he only did 45. I want to punch him in the face. And he still did amazing. How many do you think we put out on, uh, on my YouTube channel? What would you guess? Oh, over five, 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 he says he's like, oh, like 300 to 500, right? Now, obviously I have a machine of people. Thank you, Tristan. Thank you, Brenda, right? Like Brandon, like I got so many people, Kelsey, uh, Courtney on and on that. Like, this is what they do. It's a part of the machine, but here's my point. Like, I, especially if you follow me on Instagram, I've just been like randomly going to Instagram because I've got a couple of minutes and going, boom, hey guys, anybody want to talk? And I just invite people in and you know what I'm doing? I'm scaling my brand, right? I'm watching my numbers go up on Instagram. I'm watching engagement go up. I'm doing some surprising delights. What are you going to do in 2021? So more and more people that already know you, like you and trust you, remain, you remain top of mind for them. Cause one of the things I wrote down and we're going to get into this in a separate, you know, piece of content coming up and I'll just lay this out for you is look, Zillow, realtor.com, um, you know, and 50 others, home light up nest, all of them, they are all aggressively marketing like crazy because everyone's figured out if you can get a piece of the real estate commission, that's a really good business. So they are marketing like crazy TV, radio, online, offline to try and get as much trust as they can. So someone will type in their information and boom, your past client is suddenly going someplace else. If not now, then when, and if not video, then what will you do to scale your brand? and be in front of your sphere and remain the trusted source for all things housing. What are you going to do? What did you do in 2020? What are you going to continue to do in 21? So 13, only two questions to go. What did you do to improve your organization and operations? I think about uh, the podcast we did last week, and I hope you listened to it with all those five rock stars. And if you were paying attention, a lot of the things they were talking about on the, like how to attract more listings, you can tell that there was a system and a process and a checklist for everything. They take a listing, bam, Lisa Doyle has a voice blast going out to 500 homes in a community where their seller would like to live to find someone that is considering making a move so they can solve the problem. I'm going to sell your home for top dollar and I've already found you another house. It had been operationalized. 
I'm watching all these people that leaned in for the first time ever to the technology that their broker provided or they bought or for their team. And they were suddenly like, wow, Slack is amazing. Asana is a really cool project management tool. Trello is free and I'm digging into it. My Boomtown CRM, I'm digging into it and getting to inbox zero every single day. What happens is when we, when we align ourselves with the software, when we align our behaviors with everything that we set forth to do in our systems and processes, the business begins to scale. Things begin to accelerate. All of a sudden, everything is speeding up, but everything is being documented. Everything is being taken care of. What'd you do in 2020? What'd you do in 2020 to improve the experience a consumer has with you when they do business with you? That's really what it's about. And then the last one, number 14. Think about this question. The dichotomy, our industry was like the center of the universe. Housing was where it was at in 2020 and certainly in 2021. And if you watch the last Tom Ferry show of the year, one of the things that I asked was, could you go out and help small businesses in your town? Could you do 12 weeks of, of shows where you showcase local businesses as a way to spotlight them? Like if you could bring a small business in your town, a piece of business, a client or two or five or 10, like the difference you'd be making is so incredible because housing, I know, I know as you do, so many people that made so much more money in 2020. And when you contrast that to the PPP loans, and the trillions of dollars that the U.S. has taken on in debt to, to bail out people that are in need. <sighs> did you save money last year? That's my question. How did you do on savings? How did you do on debt reduction? How did you do on investing? The, the wave of opportunity that hit us, I know clients that literally feel bad because they did so well last year. They feel bad because they look around their communities and they're like, I'm killing it and friends of mine in other industries are dying right now. Did you take advantage of it? And I don't mean in a bad way, I mean in a good way. Did you save more money? Did you invest more money? Did you pay off debts? You know, every industry has its ups and downs. Uh, every industry has their big waves of growth and their reductions of growth. Like it, it's as normal and natural as breathing in and out. Like that's what happens in business. You are in the midst of a massive wave of opportunity. And yet I know agents that went into debt last year. I know people in the mortgage business that, you know, bought new cars instead of buying more rental properties. Like how did you do on savings? How did you do on debt reduction? How did you do on investing? Get honest with yourself. And then my last question would be, so what did you learn? What did you learn? I don't mean to get all hot on the money thing. I always do it. Like, it's just one of those things that just, it drives me nuts because it, I almost said breaks my heart, but I, it doesn't break my heart. It just, it frustrates me when I see people that have so much opportunity of abundance and they're in a bad way financially and they can actually do something about it and they don't. Please don't be, please don't be that person. I will hug you and then punch you the next time I see you if you are that person. And by the way, I have so many people that were like, oh my God, in uh, January of 2020, I was $75,000 in debt. I'm now paid off all my debts and I've saved $80,000. Big shout out to Zachary, right? Like I hear those stories every day because I just keep talking about it. 
and I will continue to talk about it because I want you to be in the best possible place financially you can be for you, for your family, for your loved ones. You with me? All right, enough of that. What'd you learn? That's the question. What did you learn? How are you going to scale in 2021? Is your plan set? Right? In, in me asking you these questions, did you get pissed? Did you, did you feel alignment? Did you feel proud? Were you like, yeah, fairy, I did it. Bring it on. Or were you like, yeah, I did it. Ooh, that one hurt. If you get punched in the gut, be resilient and turn it into a competitive advantage. Don't repeat the mistakes of the past. Set new intentions. Get clear on what you want. Get clear on the strategies to get you there. Get crystal clear on the tactics and then get after it. That's really the message of the day. The brilliant basics are the brilliant basics. The fundamentals that work today are the same fundamentals that worked last year. Do even more and get rid of the stuff on your plate that isn't the highest and best use of your time. Be resourceful and figure it out. Don't say to me, I can't afford an assistant. You can't afford not to have an assistant. Don't say to me, no one could do it better. Slow down and transfer your knowledge to someone else and help the economy move forward by hiring someone. You will double your business. It happens every time. No more excuses. Get after it. Because as I sit here and record this, let me remind you, winter is around the corner. Tom, it's February. We're still in winter. That's not the winter I'm referring to. Winter is around the corner. They say that interest rates will be in the threes by the end of the year, maybe three, three and a half. Biden has launched some plans in the U.S. that look really good for first-time buyers, right? He's doing some really great stuff on the, the lower-end price points. That's going to make some things interesting. We might see condo conversions again. Uh, maybe we'll see great stimulus around new construction for first-time home buyers. But if interest rates begin to climb up, do you think somebody that refied at a 1.9 or 2.2 or 2.3 is going to be excited about buying a new house at 3.5? How about four? Think about that. Like, we'll, we'll get through it, but there's going to be a, a big breath in the market at the end of the year, 2022, maybe 2023. No one's got a crystal ball, but I know this. When it's hot, you got to get after it. You got to get after it, my friends. And that's really the message. Do the work. Do the work. Be inspired. Get after it. Answer all those questions. And let's keep moving forward powerfully together. All right. A lot for you to think about on this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you know, sometimes they just say to me, just... Tom, just have a conversation and just see what comes out. This is actually a presentation I've been working on just to try and help people reframe their thinking. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being in my universe. And Tristan, thank you for shooting 45 videos and being a total rock star on YouTube. All right. Love you guys. I'll see you soon. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.